book two chapter twenty six of the mystical city of god volume two by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter twenty six of the wonders which the infant jesus most holy mary and joseph wrought at heliopolis in egypt isaiah says that the lord shall enter egypt upon a light cloud in order to work miracles in that country isaiah in calling the most holy mary or as others think the humanity derived from her a cloud no doubt wishes to indicate that the lord was to fertilize and water the barren land of the hearts of its inhabitants in order that henceforth they might produce the fruits of sanctity and of divine knowledge and so it really happened after that heavenly cloud had overshadowed this land for immediately the belief in the true god began to spread and idolatry to be destroyed the paths of eternal life began to be opened which until then had been held closed by the demons to such an extent was all this true that there was scarcely any province in that land in which the true god remained unknown as soon as the incarnate word had arrived therein although some of the people came to this knowledge through intercourse with the hebrews which existed between these two nations at that time fourth book of kings chapter seventeen verse twenty four yet a great many errors superstitions and worship of the demons were mixed up with it just as was the case with the babylonians who at another time came to live in samaria but after the sun of justice began to illumine egypt and mary most holy the taintless cloud began to overshadow that land it became so fertile in holiness and grace that it gave forth abundant fruit for many centuries this is witnessed by the many saints that lived in it afterwards and by the thousands of hermits that made its mountains gather up and distill such sweet honey of sanctity and christian perfection as i said in order to secure these blessings to the egyptians the lord took his dwelling in the city of heliopolis as it was so full of idols temples and altars of the demons which at his entrance all fell to the dust with great crashing noise the whole city was set in commotion and confusion by the suddenness of this ruin isaiah chapter nineteen verse one people rushed about astonished and as if crazed in mind curiosity brought to the newly arrived strangers numbers of men and women who sought to speak to the great queen and saint joseph the heavenly mother who was aware of the mysterious designs of god spoke to their inmost hearts with great wisdom prudence and sweetness they were filled with wonder at her incomparable gentleness and her exalted teachings which undeceived them of their errors and as she immediately cured some of their sick she quieted and encouraged them so much the sooner these miracles were so rapidly noised abroad that in a short time an immense concourse of people gathered to see the heavenly strangers and the most prudent lady was forced to consult her most holy son as to her further conduct toward this great multitude the infant god told her to instruct them in the knowledge of god teach them his true worship and exhort them to desist from sinful life in this office of preaching to the egyptians and of teaching them our heavenly princess served as the instrument of her most holy son who lent power to her words the effect of it was so great that many books would be required to describe the wonders and the conversions of souls that took place during the seven years of their stay in this province for in her ministry she was filled with the benedictions of sweetness 
Psalm 20, verse 4. Whenever the heavenly lady listened to and answered those that came to her, she held in her arms the infant Jesus, as the one who was the author of all the graces, to be dispensed to sinners. She spoke to each one in the manner suitable to his capacity, and serviceable for teaching him the doctrine of eternal life. She enlightened them concerning the divinity, and made them understand that there cannot be more than one God. She explained to them the several articles of truth pertaining to the creation and redemption of the world. She impressed upon their minds the commandments of the Decalogue, founded upon the natural law, and she showed them the manner of adoring and worshipping God, and how they were to expect the regeneration of the human race. Concerning the demons, she explained how they were enemies of God and men, how deeply they kept men in error by their idol worship, and the false answers of their oracles, how they induced men to commit the vilest abominations, and afterwards secretly tempted them by exciting the disorderly passions. Although the queen of heaven was so pure and free from all that is imperfect, nevertheless, for the glory of the Most High, she did not deem it beneath her to speak to them of those vile and impure excesses in which all Egypt was sunk. She also declared to them that the repairer of so many ills, who was to overcome the demons as it was written of him, was already come into the world, although she did not say that she held him in her arms. In order that her teachings might be accepted so much the more readily, and the truth might be more apparent, she confirmed her words by great miracles, curing all sorts of people who were sick or possessed by the devil, and who came from all parts of the country. A few times the queen went to the infirmaries and conferred admirable blessings upon the sick. Everywhere she consoled the sorrowful and brought relief to the afflicted and the unfortunate, winning all by loving-kindness and beneficence, and admonishing them with sweet earnestness. In regard to the cure of the sick and wounded, the heavenly lady hesitated between two different sentiments, the one of charity, which drew her to nurse the wounded with her own hand, and the other of modesty, which forbade her to touch anyone. In order that all propriety might be observed, her most holy son empowered her to cure the men by her mere word and exhortations, while she might cure the women by the touch of her hands and cleansing of their wounds. This course of action she maintained thenceforward, taking upon herself as well the office of a mother as a sick nurse, respectively. But as I will narrate, after they had lived two years in that place, St. Joseph also began to cure the sick, while the matchless charity of the queen busied itself more particularly with the cure of the women. Though she was herself endowed with such unsullied purity, free from all infirmities and sufferings, yet she hesitated not to tend their festering ulcers and apply with her own hands the coverings and bandages required. All this she did with such tender compassion as if she herself were afflicted with their misfortunes. Sometimes it happened that, in order to relieve and cure the poor, she asked permission of her divine son to place him in the cradle, thus permitting the Lord of the poor to witness in another way the loving charity of this humble lady. But in all these occupations and cures, oh, wonderful to relate, this most modest mistress never looked upon the face of either man or woman. Even when the wound was in the face, her modesty was so exquisite that she would not have been able to recognize any of her patients by their features if she had not known all men by another interior kind of vision. On account of the excessive heat prevailing in Egypt, 
and on account of many disorders rampant among the people, the distempers of the Egyptians were widespread and grievous. During the years of the stay of the infant Jesus and his most holy mother, pestilence devastated Heliopolis and other places. On this account, and on account of the report of their wonderful deeds, multitudes of people came to them from all parts of the country, and returned home, cured in body and soul. In order that the grace of the Lord might flow more abundantly, and in order that his kindest mother might have assistance in her works of mercy, God, at the instance of the heavenly mistress, ordained St. Joseph as her helper in the teaching and healing of the infirm. For this purpose, he was endowed with new light and power of healing. The Holy Mary began to make use of his assistance in the third year of their stay in Egypt, so that now he ordinarily taught and cured the men, while the Blessed Lady attended to the women. Incredible was the fruit resulting from their labors in the souls of men, for her uninterrupted beneficence and the gracious efficacy of her words drew all toward our Queen, and her modesty and holiness filled them with devoted love. They offered her many presents and large possessions, anxious to see her make use of them, but never did she receive anything for herself or reserve it for her own use, for they continued to provide for their wants by the labor of her hands and the earnings of St. Joseph. When at times the Blessed Lady was offered some gift that seemed serviceable and proper for helping the needy and the poor, she would accept it for that purpose. Only with this understanding would she ever yield to the pious and affectionate importunities of devout persons, and even then she often made them a present in return of things made by her own hands. From what I have related, we can form some idea how great and how numerous were the miracles wrought by the Holy Family during their seven years' stay in Egypt and Heliopolis, for it would be impossible to enumerate and describe them all. Instruction vouchsafed to me by the Queen of Heaven, Most Holy Mary. My daughter, thou art full of wonder at the works of mercy which I exercised in Egypt, curing the sick of their infirmities and helping the poor in their necessities, in order to relieve them in body and soul. Thou wilt be able to understand how all these comported with my love of modesty and retirement, when thou takest into consideration the immense love that urged my most holy son to hasten immediately after his birth to the assistance of these people and pour out over them his immense love in his longings for their salvation this love he communicated to me and thus made me an instrument of his power or i should not have dared to enter upon such a great enterprise for though i always preferred to abstain from speaking or communicating with others yet the will of my Son and Lord govern me in all things. Of thee, my friend, I desire that in imitation of me thou work for the benefit and salvation of thy neighbors, seeking to follow me in perfection and quality of my works. Thou needst not seek occasions, for the Lord will send them. In some extraordinary circumstances, however, thou mayest find it advisable to offer thy services, but seek to exert thy influence upon all, teach and exhort them according to thy light, not presuming to take upon thyself the office of a teacher, but of one that seeks to console, and one that pities the hardships of her brothers, as one who with much reserve and humility, and with great charity, seeks to exhort them to patience. As for those under thy charge, exhort and reprove them, govern and direct them to greater and greater perfection of virtue, and to fulfill the divine pleasure. 
for next to seeking thy own perfection god wills that thou encourage and teach those under thy charge according to power and graces given to thee pray without ceasing for those to whom thou canst not speak thus extending thy charity towards all men since thou canst not go outside to tend the sick make up for it by taking care of those living with thee zealously serving them personally in whatever pertains to their comfort and wants do not consider thyself above this service because thou art their superioress for on this very account thou must act as their mother and show thy loving care as such toward all while in other things thou must interiorly esteem thyself below them since the world ordinarily leaves the care of the sick to the most poor and despised simply because it does not know the high value of this service therefore i too assign to thee as to one who is poor and the least of all this office of tending the sick in order that thou mayest follow me in the performance of it End of chapter twenty six